0: So, if you take nothing else from this sermon today, uh, go home and read Ephesians. That that, uh, that that I'll I'll just hit that one each and every time I'm up here. That 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 Ephesians is six small chapters of massive vision. That that Paul in Ephesians is uh, is is writing to the church. He's not just writing to the, the the body at Ephesus. He's writing to the church, and it's and it's a, a beautiful explanation and, and display of of who God is, of what Jesus did for us, and, and who he is, and 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 how who we are in him, and how that's supposed to play out in our lives. That that uh, there, there's some heavy duty stuff in Ephesians. But there's but there's joy and hope and relief, and 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 there there you, you could feel some rebukement in there as you as you read through it and see you're like, oh, I'm not living that way. And uh, and and that's and that's an okay okay place to be, as long as you're looking at, I'm not living that way. How am I supposed to? What's what's the step that I can take? Um, I would I would highly encourage you to to read through Ephesians, have a better understanding of how we as pastors are praying for you, as as a congregation, and and uh, and, and really how you can participate yourselves in the body of Christ. Now, this morning we're going to look at uh, something uh, kind of like different. So last week it was how pastors pray for you. This week uh, we're going to look at some of Paul's writings and how. People, how he asked for prayer for himself. Now, as as a pastor, we get prayer requests often. We get we get bombarded with prayer requests, and and one of our jobs is to equip others to handle some of those prayer requests that, that that on our own we we can't do it all. But but people tend to come to us because they think, well, we're the spiritual giants. We're the ones that got the direct line with God. That that if like if if Pastor Tim prays for me, that's better than say Heath praying for me because you know he's just. He's just he, but he's Pastor Tim, and if I can get Pastor Aaron to pray for me, that's better than Pastor Tim, because you know he's Pastor Aaron. He's just Pastor Tim. That, that that there's this there's there's these these spiritual hierarchies that that people tend to put us on, and I just want to say <laughs> they're 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 garbage. They're 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 not they're not realistic. They're not fair. They're not they're not real. Um, that. That, you know, we need your prayers, too. We need your prayers. I don't, I don't necessarily have to go to Pastor Aaron. It's like, well, since Pastor Aaron's one step above me, he's the only person that can pray for me. And, and I don't want you to think that just because he's, we've got a pastor on the tell that we're the ones that have to pray for you. And understand, we need the prayers, too. We need prayers, too. And, and this morning, we're going to look at some of Paul's prayer requests. That how he, We're going to look at how he was asking the church to pray for him because he did. And, and I want to highlight some of the whys and, and the hows that, that you could be praying for me. Now, now, you might be sitting there thinking, what, this sermon's just like for you? Is your self-serving to get people to pray for you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to a certain extent, yes, because you know what? I need people praying for me. I need people praying for me. And, and, and like if, for me to pray for you, I got to know what to pray for. You got to tell me. This morning, I'm going to tell you what you can pray for me, because who here knows how to pray for me right now? Anybody? I got no hands up. So this is a perfect message, right? I'm going I'm to share with you how it is that you can pray for me, me being not just Pastor Tim, but pastors in general, and, and even ministry leaders, and, and anybody kind of in a, in a, in a leadership position, because, because it, gets, it gets kind of stressful. So this morning, we're going to look at this, we're going to look at these verses, and and uh, anyone focused on sharing the gospel and, and serving as they were designed to serve, are in need of your prayers. The apostle Paul included in his letters. So if you read any of any of his letters, you see that he was a freakishly strong prayer warrior. He was he was praying for everybody, and and he was very detailed about it. That when you open up his letters and you start reading his letters, you see Paul giving thanks first, most first first thing he was giving thanks. Uh, to the churches that he was writing for, even if they were getting ready for a rebuke afterwards, he was saying, I, I give thanks. I give thanks to God for, for you and, and the work that he's doing in you. And then he follows that up with, this is what I'm praying for. I'm praying this for you. And, and it's pretty consistent through all of his letters. You know, the, the prayers are different, but that, but that pattern is, is pretty set forward. He was, he was so focused on God and focused on others that he knew that that, that prayer mattered but only a few times in his letters does he ask for prayer himself. That, that there are a handful of times that, that Paul says, pray for me for this. And, and the big praise there is, he did. He actually asked for prayer. He, he wrote to his people and asked for prayer. And, and, and here's the, the big takeaway from this, that if you take nothing else away from this sermon, read Ephesians, but then also follow Paul's example. Ask for prayer. You, you got to ask for prayer. If you, if you don't ask for prayer, guess who's going to pray for you? If if you don't ask for prayer, guess who knows how to pray for you? What what are they going to pray for you for? That that if I don't know you, you know, if I if I know your face, I don't know how to pray for you. I can pray like generic prayers, but but unless unless you ask, unless you ask, I can't help you, right? But but it's it's kind of like a challenge to ask for prayer. That means you got to be kind of like honest and open and kind of throw your your stuff out there and and uh yeah yeah you do if you're if you're part of the body that's that's what we're called to we're, we're called to be a part of the body we're supposed to connect and and interact and 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 so let somebody know that you're praying for them. now after service what i'm not looking for is all of you in line waiting for me to pray for you that that uh, i'm not going to do it I, I i can't do it you know wait for Aaron to get back he's the lead pastor. He's got all those skills. Don't do that to him either. You know, there's, there's a, for, for the crowd at home, there's 550 people in this room. And if you all stand in line, there is no way I'm getting home for me to pray for you, right? What I want you to know, though, is that this congregation is loaded with prayer warriors. There are people all over this room that are willing to drop what they're doing, listen to your prayer request, and pray for you right then and there. I know them. They're here. And, and, uh, and if you want to know who they are, if, if you want to start a line and come up to me and ask me, so who can pray for me, I'll point you to a person. Gladly point you to a person. We'll, see, we'll, we'll understand in later on in the message as to, to why I would gladly do that. But, but uh, don't think it's just gotta be from me. There are, there are people here that will pray for you, that want to pray for you, that desire to pray for you, that, that are uh, equipped and, and overjoyed to be able to pray for you please ask for prayer. Paul did. Paul did in his letters. He asked for prayer from the church body and, that, and, and with that we get this glimpse of, of the heart of Paul and, and how we can be best praying for, for us, for, for pastors, for ministry leaders, for, for others that are in, in ministry. Philippians 119 says, for I know that as you pray for me and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. This is uh this this is a, a wonderfully strong verse. This verse here is saying that prayer is powerful, effective and necessary and expected. Paul writes for I know that as you pray for me and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me for I know that as you not for I know that if you. There's there's no like if you if you want to you, you it's there's an expectation that you are and that and that expectation is that as you are uh, Something powerful is happening. Something significant is happening. That 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 there's an expectation of of powerful, effective, and necessary prayer. And 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 Paul's not looking at this as a, just kind of like a a, a side add-on. That, that it's the power of Jesus Christ. Oh oh yeah. And and if you pray too, that's that's good too. It's not like so so if you're making cookies with your five-year-old, and and the kid really wants to make cookies really bad, and he's like picking his nose and doing stuff, and you give him a bowl of flour and sugar and and, and salt, and you get them mixing that, but you really need cookies, so you're showing them how to do it, really, like in this bowl here. So as you're making cookies, you got your five-year-old making cookies, and you get through the process, and you, and you get them scooped in the pan, you stick them in the oven, and, and then you know, while, while he's out playing, waiting for the cookies to bake, you chuck his cookies, and you just got your cookies, because his cookies don't matter. They're, they're going to be gross. They're not worth anything. You're, you made the real cookies. Our prayers are not those cookies, our our prayers matter. That that there is a there is they're they're connected. The work of Jesus Christ and our prayers and our prayers lead to something. And and Paul wants you to know that that they're not just some sort of Amazon add-on that's just just there. They're they're purposeful, and he wants you to participate. Paul says that through our prayers and the work of Jesus Christ in His life, He has brought deliverance. So, so what is deliverance? Deliverance is like a churchy word, right? De- deliverance. It's, it's getting delivered to your end, de- end destination. It's landing where you're supposed to land. Paul is sharing that through the prayer, the power of our prayers and the work of Jesus, he's going to be able to accomplish everything that God has set for him to do, that he's going to land where God wants him to land, that, that he's going to execute everything that's supposed to be executed, like not from an like executed, but he's supposed to. He's going to land where he wants him to, to land. He's going to be as effective as he wants him to be. He's going to run the race. He's going to run the race well, and he's going to finish that race. Between his, our prayers and the power of Jesus Christ, as pastors and ministry leaders, you praying for us is powerful and effective, and, and it allow our ministry, or allow what's going on at Simple Church, to land where it's supposed to land. You're a part of that. They're they're not the, the little kid cookies. There's something significant that if they're not there, we're lacking. This congregation's lacking. This body is lacking. Because prayer is powerful. Your prayer is powerful, effective, and necessary. Romans 15.30 says, Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me, given to you by the Holy Spirit. Here's, here, here gets to be some of the explanations as to, to why it's powerful and effective. I'm, there, there are a couple areas in this, in this sermon where I'm gonna be open and honest from a pastoral perspective. And here's one of them. Pastoral ministry is lonely. Pastoral ministry is, 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 a, is a lonely gig. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of you. A lot of you in my, in my life in some form or fashion. But know that when it comes to the weight of the ministry, when it, when it comes to, to the, the weight of the calling and, and what is happening in this body and, and our desires to see transformation in this body, that, that it gets to be a, a pretty lonely gig. That, that I'm grateful for the role that I have to be in, in Aaron's life because I understand that as the lead pastor, there's one of them. And there's not necessarily a whole lot of people that, that, that can invest in his life in a way that that is as significant as you would hope, right? That that there's this there's this isolation and an aloneness that makes us feel like we're pulling this ship all on our own. That that the the weight of simple church, I know at times, has Aaron feeling like he's doing this on his own. Not that he is, but but that's that's what comes with a, a pastoral ministry. And I'm going to assume that, that Paul probably felt that on, on that same level, like jacked up even more so, concerning the work that God had him doing. That, that when he says, you know, this is, uh, this is my struggle, I, I think he was probably being kind. I think he was probably being like setting the expectations low of, of the understanding of that word. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of the Lord to join in my struggles. He needs others to join in him in his work. He needs other to be, others to be struggling alongside of him. And, and uh, you know, you might be looking at me and it's like, yeah, yeah, but your job isn't a struggle. You, you go up there and speak for 20 minutes and then spend the rest of the time drinking coffee and out there doing nothing. Cheers. <laughs> but you've got to understand there's more... There's, there's more than what's going on here on Sunday morning. And even what you see going on Sunday morning, there's more than what you see going on here on Sunday morning. Paul's asking for help, specifically in prayer. And we are too, specifically in prayer. Because when we pray for someone in ministry, we join them in ministry. When we pray for someone in ministry, we join them in ministry. Paul knows that he can't do this job on his own. He can't do it alone. And, and right now we've got the perfect example of, of our missions team, right? So we've got 13 people down in Honduras that have served this, this past week. Uh, raise your hand if you wrote a letter. Any letter writers? I got a couple letter writers. Raise your hand if, keep, keep your hand up. Raise your hand if you prayed for them this week. Raise your hand if you sponsor a kid. Raise your hand if you gave any money towards the mission trip. Listen, you're all in their struggle. You're all in their struggle. If if you participated in prayer or in some form or fashion with, with anybody on that mission trip, you joined in on their struggle. And you turned that team from 13 to what I got here, like an extra 30 people. And that's just this service. That's not counting first service or the people that weren't here. So so next week when the 13 people are sitting up here sharing their story, they're sharing yours. They're sharing your story too. You got to join in on that with them. You might not have been on the ground, just like the people here weren't actually with Paul, but you were part of it. You were part of the reason that they were successful down there through your prayers and the power of Jesus Christ in them. Lives changed in Honduras. and And that's how it goes here. That, that if, you're praying, if you're praying for the pastors, if you're praying for the, the ministry leaders, the team leaders, if you're praying for the, for the congregation, you're not up here speaking, but you're a part of the struggle. You might not be doing work that gets, that gets visually, visual reviews like the worship team, that, that you might not be up front and center, but, but that's not what God's called us all to do. If we were all called to be up front and center, man, this service would be long but you're a part of the, you're you're part of the struggle. You're a part of the team. You're you are a part of uh, what God is doing at Simple Church. Our impact, our influence is magnified when you join in our ministry. Your prayers are powerful, effective, and necessary. Ephesians 6.20 says, I am in chains now, still preaching preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I'll keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Colossians 4 says, Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. 2 Thessalonians says, Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes, just as when it came to you. Paul's Paul's asking for this prayer to, to have a bold and clear proclamation of the gospel. That I'll keep on speaking boldly. And, and, and if we look at his situation, in particular in Ephesians, you know, it sucked. He was in prison. He was in chains. He was, he was not living the good life. And, and, and that situation, the situation that he was in, can could have been the distraction from him presenting the gospel, right? I, if I'm sitting in prison chained up, I'm just going to be this whiny baby boy and will not be effective at anything. Paul, Paul, Paul understands the weight of the situation around him, and what he's praying for is that you would pray for him that, that he would stay focused, that he, that he would stay focused. Now, I don't think Aaron or I are going to be spending any time in prison soon because they haven't caught me yet. The, 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 the fears and, and, and the situations that Paul was going through is, is not really prevalent in America. It, it is in some other places in the world. But, but, but here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio, I'm, I'm not too concerned about being thrown in jail. That those distractions are not going to, they're, they're not going to be a hindrance to me presenting the gospel. Other things will, though. Other things will, though. What distracts you from, from the gospel? What distracts you from church? From from church, not like church Sunday morning church, but from being the church. You know, right now it's really easy to focus on all things godly because we just spent time in worship. You're hearing a message. We're gonna worship some more, and then you're gonna walk out the door. Ten minutes after you walk out the door, what's your distraction? What are your chains? What's 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 the prison that you're in that's preventing you from living out a life of Christ? Understand, we got those same struggles. Just because I got a pastor in front of my name and I'm up here speaking doesn't mean that I got this all down and that my life is totally focused and, 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 and well-prepared for. That I got the same distractions as you do. And, and I hope that you can be praying for me through those. And then, and then those worldly distractions, so phone, TV, money, jobs, all that, all that garbage, we all got that. But then, but then if you look at like the perspective of distraction that can come from the church... What are the things that can prevent can prevent us from from preaching the gospel clearly is is like, well, if my focus is butts and bucks, getting people into the seats and getting dollars in, that 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 can be a distraction. If my focus is just making sure that people are are getting into grow groups or going through growth track, that, that those are good things, those aren't bad things, but if those become the thing, if if that becomes the priority, well then the gospel takes a back seat. That those things become my chains. I've, I've been a part of, of, of uh, a network of congregations and, and, and one of those churches got themselves into, into a financial bond. They, they purchased a property. They dipped in numbers. Their finances shifted. And they got to a place where that's where they had to focus. The, the, the focus wasn't necessarily so much on, on life transformation in Jesus Christ first and foremost. It became... Holy cow, how do we pay these bills? So, what do we got to do to get people into these seats? What do we got to do to get people to give us their money? Oh, those, are, those are painful chains, those, those are horrific chains. We need you to be praying that, that we are able to stay in a position and, and have a focus of, of sharing the gospel boldly and effectively. The gospel should be first and foremost. First and foremost. Romans fifteen thirty one says, pray that I'll be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Second Thessalonians, pray too that we'll be rescued from wicked and evil people, for not everyone is a believer. Second Corinthians 10, and he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he'll continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. Paul's requesting to be rescued from wicked men and those wicked men did damage. They did significant physical damage to him and to other believers. This was a, a period of time where it was uh, bloody and ugly and, and, and even though he doesn't go into great details here, I'm gonna assume that it was, it was not, not nice. Was it Alexander the metalworker? He did damage to me. Is, I think is what he said in scripture. And it's like Alexander the metal worker. It sounds like a horror movie, right? Again, us as pastors, we probably aren't in fear of Alexander the metal worker. But you, but you got to understand that that um, there is danger in relationships. And and what we need you to be praying for is that we are protected. Relationally, in Paul's time, the chance of being captured, tortured, and killed was quite significant. It's different now, but it still is dangerous. Jesus said, "I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves," and uh, and we've got to watch out for wolves. We've got to watch out wolves that that are acting like sheep, and and unfortunately, there there are sheep that are acting like wolves. When and this other congregation that I was a part of, we had the, their lead pastor was a dynamic speaker. The dude was, was just sharp and alive when he got on stage, and, and he delivered messages that, that just cut to the quick and, and were, were significant in, in the changing of lives. And, and then when he got off stage, uh, he ran to a corner. He wasn't out in the middle of a, of a lobby talking to people, he just kind of stepped aside and disappeared. And, and part of that was, was what we he thought, he was, he was just like an introvert. And, and that was some of it. But he had been doing that ministry there for like 25 years. And, and as I stepped up into different levels of leadership, you got to hear stories of why he was that way. That, that he had been chewed up and spit out. He had been chewed up and spit out by people outside of the congregation that were looking to hurt the church. He was chewed up and spit out by people in the congregation that had no clue what they were doing, and some that did. And, and so what he did was, is, is he retreated. That there was a, a level of protectionism that, that he had in his life, and, and I can totally relate to that. Aaron can relate to that. It's not because we don't like you that we don't have deep, significant relations with you. It's just kind of scary sometimes. I'm, I'm extremely guarded when new people come into the congregation. I'll gladly meet you, shake your hand, talk with you, pray for you. But my experience has me like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait and watch because there's a part of me that's kind of scared because I've been burned in significant ways in past relationships. Know that that's a, that's a pastoral thing. Joy to us. We all got it. Because when you when you when you plant a church, what happens when you plant a church is you get an interesting mix of people. Some of those people want to see God's will take off and see lives transformed. Other people want control and influence. Other people want opportunities to to show how good they are. Or to make something their own. And when it comes when it comes to church planning, that's just. That stuff's scary. And it's not healthy. It doesn't build up the church. And yet, as pastors, we still have to invest relationally. And and my prayer for you is that you're praying for us that we're protected relationally. And what that might mean for some of you, and I'm not not saying anybody here, but what it might mean for some of you is that, that you prayerfully consider your relationship with the church. Why are you here? Why are you here? If, if you're here to figure out how to get a foothold in relationship with upper leadership so that you can figure out how to get into upper leadership and, and have some control and influence over the congregation, you scare me. And if that's you and you don't realize that that's scary... Prayerfully consider walking through that process, that, that, that mindset. I'm not sure if Aaron would come up here and say that. I'm not Aaron. But it's, but it's, but it's scary. And in fact, when I first met Aaron, and this isn't a toot in my own horn, but this was, a, this was the, the situation that I was in. When I first met Aaron, uh, my desire was to get rid of all the church stuff because my church had closed. My garage was filled with church stuff. I find out he was planting a church in Reynoldsburg, I wanted him to take all my church stuff. I just wanted it gone. I wanted it gone. And he called me up, I sent him a text, he called me up and said, yeah, I'd be interested in seeing what you got. He goes, but I don't have any money. I, said, I don't want the money. I just want it gone, empty out my garage. And before we hung up, I, I, said, one th- I said one other thing. I said, listen, he, was, he wanted to sit down and talk with me. I said, I'm not looking for a church. I'm not looking for a church, I'm not looking for a job, I'm not looking for a role. I don't want any of that. And, and he was kind of confused by it. I said, you're planting a church. You're going to get people that, that want a role, that want a position, that want influence, they want control. And, and it's scary. I'm not one of them. I'm safe. Please be safe. Please be safe. And, and pray for us that, that relationally we're protected. There's a lot on the line that's going on here, and there are people outside the church that would love to see this fail. Unfortunately, there are times there are people inside this church that would like to see this fail, and, uh, and we need your prayers. Good Lord, we need your prayers. Matthew 6.10 says, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and Matthew 26.39 says, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Paul, the apostle of apostles, the, the the evangelist, the 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 church dude of church dude, he's asking for God's will. He could probably have it all figured out. That he was not a stupid man. He could probably figure out. Oh, okay, so this is how the church is supposed to be, and 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 all the things that need to happen. And 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 yet, what he's praying for, not my will, God's will. Pray, pray that, that I respond to God's will, and 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 know that that's what we need as well. Pray that, that our will is overwhelmed by his will. Pray that our will is overwhelmed by his will. It is, it is easy to walk through the Christian life with a, with a bent to trying to get God's will to conform to ours. We do. You know, we, we, we read scripture in particular ways that we try to rationalize what it is, how it is that we want to live. We ignore things that we know we should be obedient to because this is what we want, and well, God's just going to bless it because, you know, it's all good, right? And, and, and we can live in a, in a way that is contrary to what his will is. We need your prayers that, that our will is overwhelmed by his. I read, there's this uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Anybody familiar with Dietrich Bonhoeffer? you should be familiar with Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So he was a, a pastor during the Nazi regime and, and fascinating fascinating biography. Uh, but one of the things that he was saying in there, in this book that he wrote, he wrote in regards to Christian community, revolved kind of around, around small groups, community groups, and, and I'm going to totally paraphrase this and, and maybe get a little bit wrong, but the, but the perspective I think was right. That one of his prayers for small groups or churches that are starting, that are launching is that is that the leader's vision, the, the group's vision for that group dies fast. That whatever vision they got is just totally crushed and swept aside, the, the faster the better, so that God's vision can take its place. And, and as strange as that may seem, that, that would be what I hope that you pray for Simple Church, that, that, that Aaron's not a dumb dude. And I'm not as smart as him. And our leadership team, I think, is, is quite competent. But what I hope that you're praying for is that anything that, that is just us, anything that is just our strength, that is just our vision, gets crushed and swept aside so that God's vision can take its place. That if, if that's what we're chasing after, if that's what we're following, if we're being obedient to his word and, and his will, Amazing things will happen here, and amazing things have happened here, but it's a constant check. It's something that, that we need to, have, to, to constantly be looking at, that, that our vision hasn't shifted to some other focus, that, that, that we keep the, the, the gospel as the, as the primary and seeing what God has through that as, as, as first and foremost. Please be praying that our will is overwhelmed by God's. And let's see what's different. So those are the verses that I'm looking at today. Walk away knowing that your prayers are powerful, effective, and necessary. That, that when you pray for us, you're partnering in with our ministry. Pray that, that we preach the gospel boldly, not just up here, but in our lives as well. Pray that we're protected relationally, because we desperately need that and pray that our will is overwhelmed by others, by our will is overwhelmed by God's. So if you were to come up to me and pray for me, do you guys have a better idea of how to pray for me? Or does that all just kind of seem like big and ambivalent? I'm gonna give you one other, other way to find out how you can pray for us, okay? Ask us. Ask us how you can pray for us. Actually, come up to us and ask us how you can pray for us. Now, in the same case as I don't want to be out there fielding all of your prayer requests, please don't, like, all of you bombard me with with, with asking me what you can be praying for me for, okay? That, uh, that, that realistically, rationally, how that plays out is that, that it comes through relationship. That it comes through relationship. That, that, if, that if I don't know you at all, if I don't even know your name, and you come up and ask me how you can be praying for me, I'm going to probably give you something... Real, but generic, right? Because I, I don't know you. But I've, I've got people in my life who, who will shoot me a text. Hey, Tim, how can I pray for you this week? They've known me for years that we've invested in each other's lives and, and I'm able to open up and share what that prayer request is. And, and, uh, and if you've got that relationship with me, ask me. Totally ask me. If you don't have that relationship with me, find somebody that you have that relationship with and ask them. If you're a part of a service team here at Simple Church, if you're part of any of the dream teams, ask that leader. Ask Erica Bankston in kids ministry, how can I pray for you? Ask Tina, working cafe, how can I pray for you? Ask Jason who does lights, how can I pray for you? Find the people in your life that you have a relationship with and ask them how can I pray for you? Raise your hand if this week somebody asks you, how can I pray for you? Oh, I got two. Three. Does that count today? How about in the last month? Raise your hand if somebody asks, how can I pray for you? There's a couple more. Ah, oh, that's that's a little bit better. But it's still not even a quarter. How about the last year? Oh how tough is that? As a pastor, that's, that's incredibly painful. Raise your hand if you need prayer. All oh, your hands should be up. I'm just assuming that they're all up. The light's really bright right now. Listen, you look around this room and you wanna, you wanna know how you can partake in, in our ministry? You know how, how your prayers would, would benefit the pastoral, te- pastoral team the most? By looking around this room and before you leave finding somebody that you can go up to and ask how can i pray for you you want to participate you want to be a part of what god is doing here ask somebody how you can pray for them but there's a caveat guess what you got to do you got to pray for them so if you're just going up to somebody and, and and saying hey how can i pray for you and they share it with you and, and you walk away it was like yeah i asked somebody how to pray for them then uh well you're just a poser supposer. It doesn't matter. If you're coming up to me and asking me how you can pray for me just so you can get brownie points with the pastor, guess what? It ain't going to work. Pray for him. Pray for him. You don't have to pray some King James prayer that goes on for 10 minutes with a whole bunch of old fathers and stuff. I don't want that. Don't come up to me and pray for me for five minutes. Pray for me for five minutes at home. Don't pray for me like one-on-one for five minutes. My, my, My ADD is like just gonna be ready to. Go. But pray for him. This is and so this is how I do it. This is how I do it, and some of you have experienced this because. because this is how I do it. So, I'll go up to you and say, "Hey, hey Amen. How can I pray for you this week? How can I be praying for you?" Once in my life, somebody told me, "No, he's in this room." He told me, "No." It's like, oh, jeez. How can I pray for you? And so they'll tell me. And it's awesome to hear what I can be praying for them for. My next response is this. I'm not going to remember once I leave this building. I'm totally going to forget. My life is full. And unless I write it down or put it, like, even writing it down, I'm not sure where I'm going to stick it. If I stick it on my calendar and it sends off a warning, then I'll remember. But but realistically, I'm probably going to forget five minutes after I talk to you. Can I pray for you right now? Can I pray for you right now? that if you go up to somebody and ask them, how can I pray for you? Don't say, okay, I'll do that Thursday. You won't. Some of you amazing prayer warriors will, but for the most part, I won't, we won't. Pray for them right then and there. Put your hands on them and and just let one loose, man. Nobody cares what it sounds like if you don't use the right words or the right format. Cares what the format is. People don't even care if it's out loud. If you, if you don't even feel comfortable praying for somebody out loud, here's the, here's the key. Say, okay, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to start with a dear God. I'm going to end with a amen, Jesus. In between going to be a whole bunch of silence, but it's not silence. I'm praying for you. I just don't feel comfortable praying out loud. And then pray for them. It's the prayer. It's powerful, it's effective, it's necessary. You get to participate in that. Take advantage of the opportunity. If, so, so raise your hand if before you left today, you would love it if somebody prayed for you. Okay, so keep your hands up. No, no, keep your hands up. Everybody look around. This is low hanging fruit, people. These are people that are asking for it. They are asking for it. So this gentleman right here asked for it. You can put your hands down. This gentleman here asked for it after first service. How many people prayed for you? Three! (laughs) Three people prayed for him before he left. Well, he's still here, but you know, after, after first service. We've got people in here that want to pray for you. You raise your hand, you're asking for prayer. If you want to participate, go to one of those people. They're asking for you to pray for them. Never have I had somebody pray for me and afterwards go, oh, that was horrible. I so wish they hadn't prayed for me. That was, I think I'm worse off. Nobody's prayers suck that bad, okay? Take advantage of the opportunity. Take, take advantage of the opportunity on both sides. Ask for it, give it, and understand that, that with that, you're participating in our ministry. You're participating in our struggle. Because if I can stand here and ask who's, who's had prayer in the last month and, and 10, people ha- 10 people's hands go up, that's a struggle. You have opportunity of influence. This is the influence you want. This is it. This is it. Please take advantage of that. As I, as I close out, uh, you might be sitting here and and thinking you know this this whole gospel thing if we go back to the, the preaching the gospel boldly like like listen jesus christ is the son of god and he came to earth and he lived and he died and he, and and his death and his blood spilled paid for your sins that 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 he is the gospel he is the good news that that if, that have that that is not something that you've accepted that that scripture says we just need to believe and confess that there's no magical prayer or, or spiritual thing you just need to believe and confess that jesus christ is lord and savior then then you're in a challenging place and and maybe this morning it's like okay so here's uh, here's 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 this morning i'm gonna do it this morning this morning i'm gonna i'm gonna make my my confirmation of confession and belief and then my life will totally change tomorrow and everything will be 100 percent perfect right not even close It'll be good for like a couple weeks, things will get better, and then it kind of goes downhill a little bit. But that's, but that's where we grow in faith, and we grow in trust, and, and we have a better perspective of, of what God's will is for our life. And, and unfortunately, Scripture doesn't say that it's all going to be you know, candy and roses and, and, and great times. You will suffer. You will find joy in that suffering. There is hope in that suffering. And if if you're sitting here today going, okay, I'm ready to suffer. I'm going to say a prayer. And that prayer, again, is not a magical prayer. But it's an opportunity for you to take a first step towards Him. To to go from the life that you're living to say, okay, this is the path that I'm going to walk. I know it's not going to be easy. But here's the commitment I'm going to make. And know that. You've got a congregation of of people here, uh, uh, a church body, family members, brothers and sisters in Christ that are all walking the same walk, and they're walking it with you. If if that's you today, I'm going to give you that opportunity. So if you everybody would close your eyes and bow your head, I'm going to say a prayer, and you can mimic my prayer. I just kind of kind of wing it, but 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 really, it's. It's, uh, it's your conversation with God, and I'm just gonna give you a template, and, and you say whatever it is that you need to say to, to let him know. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the, for the opportunity to, to hear about Jesus, and understand that I might have a role in your will. This, this morning, I confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I don't know what that all means, but I'm gonna start down the path to understand it more and more and more. I pray that you surround me with brothers and sisters that that will encourage me in my walk and that I can ultimately encourage as well. I'm looking forward to seeing what you've got for me, Father. I'm looking forward to my new life. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.